everyone. Welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. I'm Randall Carlisle, along with my co-host, Rachel Santizo. Welcome. And our guest, Anne, who we will introduce in a a minute. Uh, This is one of the most watched and listened to podcasts dealing with addiction and recovery. Did you know that? No. You didn't. I thought I was the only fan. No. No, we have a lot of people out there. We have thousands of them, actually, Mm -hmm. all over the world. And I'm making a plea today so that more people can watch or listen to this. If you would subscribe, follow, or uh review us yes that's the that that then that's i don't know how the internet works but somehow that spreads the word Mm -hmm. and then more people can watch and listen to this and if you do it on where you can see us on youtube or listen to us on iheart spotify itunes uh anywhere you can get podcasts just google odyssey house journals so if you would do that say please please And the most important part is please do it so we can continue sharing stories to the best of our ability because the stories are what's the most powerful for our community. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. You got to work in TV or something. The the whole point of this is to provide uh, knowledge and inspiration. Uh, If you have a loved one who is uh, dealing with addiction or if you perhaps are dealing with addiction and one person who knows all about addiction is our guest today, Anne Coburn, right? And and the positive things I can say is she she loves dogs. She loves her (laughs) children. She loves her husband. But there was a negative side to Anne as well way back when, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Should yeah. we start with the, we always talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. So you want to start with the ugly? Yeah. What, years ago, what yeah. was your situation? <laughs> so, um, I know you may not want to, but I just let it into that. So. Yeah, well, and I'm really old. I'm getting older, we'll say. So it's hard for me to like kind of take it back that long ago. Um, <clears throat> so when I, I actually am a graduate from Odyssey House. I graduated in 2003. Um, I was living in Madison, Wisconsin, and strung out on, uh, you know, heroin and alcohol. And I was... Before I, you came to Yeah, Odyssey. and I was a, just a, a disgusting mess. And uh, I flew back here because I was just... I couldn't do it anymore. I had overdosed out there. I thought, oh, my God, what if I died out here and nobody knew? Are you from Utah? Yes. Okay. What were you and, doing in Madison? Going to school? You know, or? I was... Or doing drugs. Okay. I mean, Madison is school? Madison, for those of <laughs> well. you who don't know, is a liberal bastion, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. compared to the rest of Wisconsin. Yeah, UW, the yeah. Badgers. Yes. So anyway, I was living there because I had a boyfriend there. Huh. Mm, there we go. You and know. you were a disgusting mess. What, my, is, what my does that mean? Dr- my dream boy was like this, you know, tattoo guy that could beat up anybody and, you know, just whatever, do drugs together, get drunk, get free tattoos, you know, it was kind of like, a. in my mind, it was kind of like having this trophy guy. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. And so, um, I, he is a huge heroin addict, and, well, speedballs, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, I started doing heroin out there, um, and I was already a raging alcoholic at that time. And so I lived out there on and off for four years you know, mostly on until it just got so, you know, awful that uh, I, I came home. Like I was begging my mom, come, please buy me a plane ticket. Let me come home. 
And my mom was like, I don't have money for you to come home. How old were you? I was 23 Okay. by the time I came home, home. And so I was like, well, I need you to ask, you know, I had one of my friends, you know, paid for my plane ticket to come back here. And she's like, you're going to have to go to Odyssey House. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) No. What were the stories then? Well, my cousin had went through Odyssey House. Okay. And he was like, I mean, he is a prone to embellish a little. So I don't know exactly, but he was in a ton of shit. So he was going to prison for a real long time. Okay. Like 25 years. Mm -hmm. Or odyssey house and so that's how my family was aware of it um but at that time like at that moment i would have like joined the army to get out of there you know it's just like you're going to the military i'd be like okay you know so i agreed to go flew home went to admissions and i had you know i had drove to milwaukee well my friend drove me to milwaukee like four in the morning so i could get on this plane and bring all my shit with me, go to admissions. Right after I got back, so it was like, you know, 10 o'clock or whatever, my family takes me down there. And uh, You mean right from the plane? Right from the plane. <laughs> so I'm like dope sick, covered ask. in track marks, probably like 120 pounds, which is clearly not the case today. Um, okay, 125. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yes. So um, I have this tank top on with a pentagram, like skin tight black pants. Mm. You know, my hair was probably black or something. I don't know. Just looked like death. And I'm angry and pissed off. And we walk into admissions. And um, my good friend now was like, so, Patrick Adams, who are we Who are we meeting with today? <laughs> it's like, wasn't it fucking obvious? <laughs> Sorry, that was my hey. one. That was my one. That was your one. We said, please don't use, don't overuse yeah. the F word. Yeah. So. That was one. There's I'm one. Keep, keep a track tally. Here. Yeah. It, yeah. And so I went, I did, you know, back then we had clients that worked at admissions and did all the screenings and all that oh. stuff. So I did all that, went to my doctor. Um, he prescribed me a bunch of Librium because there was no way I was going to be dope sick at right. VOA. Yeah. Got to VOA and had taken a shit ton of those Librium away. <laughs> so I was, like, a little, I was kind of a mess. Yeah. So I'm like trying yeah. to unpack and I had like one shoe in my bag that I took. That's so bad. And like no underwear. <laughs> and so then the next day, um, when I came to, I would yeah, love to have like seen video real. of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's like a real life right there. <laughs> and I like really had no idea all this existed, like detox. And I mean, there were some real pros in there. They've been there like 20 times, you know? Right. Sure. It was like their weekend getaway. Yeah. And uh, so I left, went home to get some stuff with more of a clear head. Um, the cops came to my mom's house because she left town. Sorry, mom, I'm going to put you out there. But she left town. She's like, I can't deal with this anymore. I'm going to Oregon. And it was, you know, okay. okay. And she's a hard one to deal so, with. Yeah, so I go home. I get a babysitter. You know, my, my brother's girlfriend at the time baby was babysitting me to make sure I didn't do anything crazy. And I was just, like, doped out on benzos and put some stuff together. My friend picked me up, took me back. And then I was there for 21 days because I was such an asshole. Like, they came to see you? me. They came to see me from Odyssey House. And I was 23 going on, like, 17 maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And thought I was just such hot shit. And, you know, they're like, yeah, you're going to stay here for another week. 
you know, but at the, detox. Yeah. I, and I was, <clears throat> didn't want you to come in yet. Yeah. I, I mean, that's my understanding, you know, cause normally you're there for like two, two weeks or whatever. And two then you come in. Right. Max, yeah. So I finally got my release day after t- trying every angle I could to get out of going, you know, I'm like, I'm not a criminal. I've never been to jail. That's for people like Craig, my cousin, you know, like I'm like this sweet, innocent little junkie, (laughs) you know, that steals from people and robs cars and, you know, has dabbled in, you know, selling drugs and things. But I don't, that's not for me. I was like, well, you ain't going anywhere. You're never going to see your nephews again, which is all I really cared about at that time because they're like my little brothers. And uh, so I went, and it was crazy. There was there were in it this big issue, you know, and people were having sex and splitting the program and you know, giving each other, you know, contraband and just all this stuff, right? So I was like, what in the fuck am I got myself into? Like, That's two. Sorry, sorry. This is insane. Like I don't know how I'm gonna get better from this. Yeah. And. Then I just kind of, like, stayed there, and I had this plan. Like, I only had to stay for 30 days, and so I was, like, telling my family, come pick up my stuff from personals because there's a lot of people from out of town, and they don't have storage for all my stuff when I have people here locally. Because one thing I was never going to do was come back after I split from the program. So I didn't want any of my stuff there. So I made those arrangements, and I just kind of fell into a groove, you know. Um, And, I mean, that was kind of it. Like, I was there for 27 months. You know, there was <laughs> slow learner. Yeah. And here's the, the crazy thing. Like, I never broke any cardinal rules. I never took a border. I never went Laka. Oh and it still took me that long. Cause it was so fun and pleasant. Everybody liked me, especially the staff. They loved me. Oh, my goodness. I doubt that. And Coburn, everyone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there no, was. A- so, so you really fit into Austin. <laughs> I mean, coming in from that. That background and, yeah. and, and that shitty yeah. attitude. Yeah, I was in. like perfect, dude. I was like perfect fit. Wow. You know, watch out these like old Mormon men being like, I never, I'm not like you people. You know, I do pain pills. You shoot drugs with needles. And I was like, you cut your fucking toes off, dude. Three. Like, we aren't alike. You're right. Yeah. We are not alike. You right. cut your toes off to get pills. That to me is I, I don't even comp- comprehend that. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you just do heroin? Okay, that's <laughs> no. That's the bad and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you you graduate from Odyssey mm-hmm. after all that time, and yeah. we should point out that back then the program was much longer yes. than it is now. Yes. You know, so it's not like if you come to Odyssey, you can expect to be there for three years or something. Well, yeah, not anymore, <clears throat> even though like I'm sure there's some p- people who could benefit from that length yeah. of stay, but yeah, and we don't do that anymore. So I moved out, I graduated, moved out, worked there for a little while, left, worked at Benchmark uh, Hospital, which is a you know adolescent right. program for boys. Um, met my husband there, not as a patient. He was a, a man, a grown-ass man. <laughs> That worked there too. Okay. <laughs> Just to clarify, okay. the way it's because that would be really he was one weird. of the boys yeah, at, uh, yeah. at Benchmark. Oh God! Mm-hmm. Progress Just call me Mary Kay. <laughs> you know? No, no, no. That's disgusting. He was a guy that worked there. He's older than me. He was really hot. He was a shift lead. Well, they called something else back then, but yeah. So then we ran away to Vegas. Got married. 
My family was up in arms. This is the dumbest thing you've ever done. Really? <laughs> Are you serious? Out of all those other things? Jeez. You're getting married. But, you've graduated from Odyssey, and this is the dumbest thing you've ever done. Yeah, yeah but, you well. know, like, you know, they're wedding people, so they're like, how could you not have a wedding? And I was like, because it sounds terrible. Yeah. You know? So anyway, 17 years later, we're still married, have a kid. She's eight. She's hilarious and a genius. Um, Not that you're biased. No, but her teacher might be. Ah, okay. <laughs> and, and, and if you'll notice, if you're watching as opposed to listening, Anne has an Odyssey oh. House staff uh, badge on. Yeah, yes. Uh, so you have, ever since I've worked here, you've been uh, in charge of one of our residential facilities. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so I've... Been since 2003, like working out in the field, getting licensed for substance abuse counseling and, you know, running in different uh, programs and settings and stuff. And then um, my good friend Cheryl Shivers, special shout out, program director, mm-hmm. uh, called she- me and was like, hey, do you want to come work here? And I was like, I don't think so. And then yeah. I was like, wait a minute, all these kind of like things that were going on here, they're not happening anymore. Cheryl's in charge. You know, I can feel good about it. Yeah. And uh, so I came back to work. Moved over to Mill Creek once we opened up over there. So I came back just as a counselor and then uh, have been the program manager at Mill Creek since we opened. That was about, I want to say January 18th, 2018, when it opened. And and the one thing I want to shout out about Anne is you've listened to her background and you may say, what the hell is she doing dealing with addicts? But... The other thing you might say is she's the perfect person to deal with people in recovery because you were there and you understand things. You know, and nobody's going to pull. Yeah. I, I think it'd be very hard to pull the wool over your eyes. Well, it is mostly. Sometimes, it, you know, I'm a sucker, at, like just like anyone else, you know, I want to yeah. be like right in the train of hope and optimism with you and yeah, let's do this. And they're like, we got it. We didn't really get on. You're riding alone on this train. And I'm like, oh, okay. Meanwhile, my little protege or whatever is out running and gunning and bringing in contraband yeah. and doing the most. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so that's, I'm like, oh, it's so devastating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. You know, yes. but. You still get devastated? I, oh, when, yeah. All the time. Like, I, I feel like this is a, a profession and a field where you have to prepare to get your heart broken. And that has yeah. to be kind of like something that you learn to be okay with. Because there's a lot of different layers. Like, people give up on themselves. They don't see their potential that you see. You know, they break yeah. rules and do all the things. And then, you know, a lot of times they go out and die. And that, yeah. that, that's the most heartbreaking thing. But I, I love Mill Creek because the population we serve is just such my jam, you know. Yes. It's people like, who were just like you were. Yeah, except for, like, face tattoos. And they've yeah. been in prison yeah. for, like, half their life. And, you know, they're all in gangs or, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. The people that the rest of the world would look at and just dismiss and throw away and be like, yeah, just lock those people up forever. Yeah. You know? And those, I love them because they're like so smart and, you know, creative, talented. And once they turn the corner and they get it, it's so awesome. So powerful. You know, it's like my favorite. I have a little goosebumps thinking about it. They really are the leaders. Like, it's that stigma when you just see someone. But, man, what's inside the hard work, the efforts, like, the talent, the skill base, Mm -hmm. you know? 
people who, who may be watching or listening to this don't realize probably, unless you've been addicted and, or have an addiction, that you really, it's, it's hard to deal with an addiction. It takes a lot of hard work. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, if you think about, like, I know there's a lot of judgment out there. Like, people will be like, how could you ever choose drugs over your kids? Mm. Which well, happens all the time. Right. And it's not because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rachel. It's not because. Rachel did that. You no. know, they're even <clears throat> in control of their brain. Like, we do drugs. Our brain is overwhelmed, you know, with these substances. And, and it, it attaches itself to the part of our brain that tells us to eat, sleep, have sex. Yeah. You know, drink water, like the survival pieces. And so if you put it, if you look at it kind of like that, yeah, I'm not going to die if I don't have these drugs. And my kid is definitely more important. But if your brain is telling you on a certain level, like, no, you have to have this, yeah. that becomes the priority for survival, you know. And so there's really a lot more than goes into it. Just like this is this willpower thing that you should know better or do better. Right. Or, right. You know, you shouldn't, who would ever pick their you know, drugs over their kids. And it's just not that simple, you know. And then we have this whole system of mass incarceration in our country. And, you know, so all these people who need treatment and need help are being locked up and thrown away. And you don't get better in there. you got to click up with somebody, get a swastika tattooed on your face or whatever, you know, just to survive in there. And that's, that's abnormal. That's not humane. You know, because you you held up a fucking pharmacy to get pills. Sorry, that's four. Four. You know, like you're four me- F words. You're messed up. Like I don't know. The prison is the place to fix that about you. When, when you right. when you go to use the F word again, let me know ahead of time, and I'll go beep. Okay, I will. I'll try to like <laughs> get ahead of it. All right. <laughs> Sometimes no, it just rolls just, out. Yeah. What, what you mean? you have a happy life now, as it, mm-hmm. at least me watching from the outside. I see your posts on Facebook, and mm-hmm. you. It seems like you, you you're happy with your husband and your daughter and, and yeah and, and all my dogs and all your dogs. Crazy I don't know dog how many do you have now. We don't want to talk about that on air. What? How many dogs I have? Oh, I have a few dogs. Oh, it could it could <laughs> violate a city ordinance, but it doesn't. But yeah. Okay. In so. Tooele, which is where I live. She doesn't really. Maybe I live in Salt Lake, where there is no limit. How about that? Okay. That's, that's good. I have four dogs. What? What? <laughs> I know. There it is. What are we doing It's like right my now? source of shame right now. I'm all, I have four dogs. What, where four do you think dogs. you'd be had you not uh, found recovery? I, th- I would be dead. There is no question. I wouldn't have went to prison. I mean, I was pulled over multiple times for driving drunk and just let go home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was greeted at the baggage claim in Salt Lake City by the DEA. Really? Uh, when I was 18, yeah, and uh, coming back from L.A., you know, and so, like, and that was just, like, a, a whatever, you know, like, okay. they searched our stuff and, you know, whatever happened, happened. But, yeah, I've never been to jail. I've never been arrested for anything other than stealing a pack of gum and a tank of gas. And so, in my mind, there is no question I would be dead. There was multiple times where I was, like, overdosed and passed out for days at a time and I would just wake up and be like, God, what day is it? What fucking time is it? What, you know? And um, when I was living in Madison, I did overdose and they came and took me to the hospital, like gave me Narcan and uh, that was a whole thing and it was terrible and Narcan gives you a really bad headache. Yeah. Really bad. Really? Yeah. But this was like 20 years ago too. So, I mean, it was... 
we all knew about it, but it wasn't like this movement now, mm-hmm. you know. And so, no question, you know, I would be dead. I wouldn't have made it this far. I what would you, the question I always want to pose, because everybody wants to know, yeah. is what do you think prompted you to decide to seek recovery? Or, or is there any kind of generic? I wish there was, like, if you, you press number one, here's, here's what will prompt a loved one to want to find recovery. Yeah. Is there well, any answer to that? I think it's like family feud. You're guessing and hoping that that's the answer that works for you. Yeah. I th- like, I was family ordered to treatment, you know, and, and <clears throat> the thought of not being able to see my nephews again or having them in my life was unbearable. Yeah. More so than the rest of my family. I, I was like, whatever, but just to not have my nephews. And then when I got there, it wasn't even about wanting to be there. Like, I felt, I still thought I would drink alcohol. You know, I just need to stop doing heroin, mm-hmm. you know, and get a job. <laughs> Which is funny because, yeah. like, everybody on parole is like, I just need to get a job and I'll be fine. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, this is yeah. your fifth parole, yeah. buddy. You've had yeah. jobs. Like, what was <laughs> missing? Yeah, it's true. But so, you know, I had these thoughts and then I was given a lot of responsibility and I kind of just got, I was, initially I was so busy that I just t- didn't really have too much time to think about anything else. You know, and then I started building relationships with people. I kind of found my footing in there in my own spot. And eventually along the way, like no matter who wasn't rooting for me, I had a few a few key people, you know, from the tr- treatment team who were rooting for me, you know. And then there was people who I would watch getting in trouble and just doing all this stupid stuff. And where normally I might have kind of gravitated towards that crowd, I, I could see them just doing all this stuff. And I was like, I don't want anything to do with that. And, you know, it was so much better than everybody else. They were all having sex with each other. It disgusted me. Yeah. Yeah. What about? <laughs> I was like, no. No, no, no. What about? <laughs> I've got to stop you right now because people are going to have an image here that people at Odyssey are having sex with each other all the people time. People in this it's, world are having sex with each other all the time. I understand yeah. that. But that is one of the cardinal rules at Odyssey. And yes. Not to say that it never happens, but it doesn't happen the way you're describing when you went in. Well, I think it still does. It's very, like, it's very taboo. They're not supposed to do it. Like you said, it's a cardinal rule. It's a major right. rule violation. But it's but it very... Also a big learning lesson at the right. same time because it's co-ed. And so it's like, oh, you're looking at me. You want to take care of me. Or I have... Whatever is my issue, exactly. it's coming up and I'm getting validated from this attention. Right. And so if I'm not doing mm-hmm. drugs or committing crimes, what's the next thing to kind of make Seeking me feel, fill me up? Right. right. Yeah, it's it's attention. It can and be like nothing feels better than like, hey girl, you look good today. Thank you. Hey girl. It's, it's true. It's a great learning opportunity at the same time. Like yeah. when you look at it and putting co-ed in, or you have people that have been incarcerated for a long time, what are they going to do humanly? Like when they get out, what's mm-hmm. their, what's the direction? What are they looking at? And then realizing like, I'm not even working on me. I'm still wanting that mm-hmm. attention. And, and one of the reasons we're co-ed is because we... I think we look at things like this is what you're going to look, this is how real life real is going life. to be when you get right, out, exactly. right? Right. And so if you go to treatment and you're not working on these kind of things and addressing them, like we anticipate the behaviors and the things to happen because right. they are learning lessons. But when you get out, you're more likely to recreate this messed up dynamic that you came from if you haven't been practicing those skills and boundaries while you're in treatment. Right. You know, and so how many times, well, I'll tell you how many times, like all the time we see people that leave go back to old relationships that were har- harmful for them or engage in new right. ones because they haven't really sorted out that, you know, 
whole like respect for myself and respect for others. Well, and also I think being supported, right? So if you make a mistake, so in Odyssey, like you realize that that's why you have the cardinal rules. But when you make a mistake and you're still supported and people are still standing beside you and showing you a different way, yeah, versus like judging you, that's where the power comes in. With yeah, it. yeah. And then the peers get together and they're like, "Man, that was a terrible choice." And how do we help you get back up on the right. horse? Mm-hmm. You know. And for the most part, staff operates that way as well. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like. Have people come into the building every day who are liars and dishonest, sure, and they steal sure. stuff and have all these like dysfunctional behaviors. Like, how can I really be too upset when that's what's happening in treatment? That's what they're there to work on. So yeah. it's kind of like an internship, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to real life. That's yeah, like, I love that. You're gonna go and train for all these things. We're giving you some new coping skills. You know, to send you out with some new, you know, attitudes on life and view the world differently and, you know, different ways of dealing with things. And so, you know, it's it's super rewarding. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because deep down, you sort of talk a tough game, but deep down inside, you're a very gentle, loving, caring person. Are you saying that out loud? I'm, I'm your shrink now, and I've analyzed you, and I see, I've see i seen right through it. Randall. You just but, outed her. Yeah, Seriously. I did. But lose let, all me, my cred. let me <laughs> ask you, yeah, I screwed everything up. <laughs> let me ask you how you feel when you see success. I mean, because you, you, you are dealing with some really rough, hardcore people when they first mm-hmm. come in. Yeah. And so when you see success and you see people out in the world happy and loving themselves and doing good things. How does that make you feel? Oh, there's not, there's no feeling like it, you know, like watching people come together and lift each other up and, you know, support each other and, you know, hold people accountable when they're starting to slide. And now we have these great jobs or I'm back in school, not me, but them back in school or doing all these things, reconnected with their families or their kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's the paycheck. I, you, yeah. you both know what I'm talking about, working at a nonprofit. Yes. Absolutely. But that is it. Like, that <clears throat> we is. don't work there because we get rich. No, right. no. But, it, I mean, that's it. Like, it's so rewarding, and it helps prevent burnout. It helps me come in every day and deal with people who, you know, I mean, and I, I'm guilty of it, too. Like, oh, God, this person is such a pain in the ass. Yeah. Like, they got to go. You know? Yeah. Sure. And then remembering, like, it helps me to remember, like, you were a pain in the ass too. Yeah. And all these other pains in the asses are now really successful and doing big things. And everybody has that in them, you know? Right. And so, um, yeah, I mean, there's just nothing like it. I've been, I've been in this field for like 20 years. Like it keeps me, keeps me coming back. Yeah. What would you say to somebody that's, that's struggling or, um, you went across state lines. And so what would you say to somebody that's just thinking, thinking about possibly finding recovery? Um, you know, studies show you don't have to necessarily be super motivated to be successful. Like we have a lot of adjudicated people that come into the program, you know, or family ordered people, right? Like the magic happens when you're there, just give it a shot. I'm going to tell you this, like, even the people who are not necessarily successful at Odyssey because they leave early or, you know, go to another program, they're still way more successful than the people who don't come at all. Like, they still maintain those values, um, you know, when throughout their life. So, like, I was at VOA a million years ago, and there was a ton of people who had not been there who had split the program. 
And they still were like philosophically holding on to some of the things that they learned there, you know, some of those standards and expectations and yeah, yeah I thought it was super cool. <clears throat> right. It kind of ruins it and, in a sense. And the thing is, I think because a lot of clients I talked to have been to like six, seven, eight rehabs. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and part of their thinking, the people who are thinking clearly say at each one, I picked up a little something and, and all together it finally worked. Yeah. I mean that, that happens a lot too, you know, like there's not one perfect path or, prescription for treatment that works for every single person, you know. Um, I think that there's a lot of va- there's there's a lot of value in like learning all different kind of paths to recovery. Like some people are all about AA, some people are all about yeah. you know rational recovery. We have a TC model, you know. Um, therapeutic community. Therapeutic community yes. for which for my guys and gals works the best. Yeah. Um, and that's because of that peer interaction uh, and peer pressure uh, to perform and, and follow rules and stuff like that. There's also a lot of value in just like going in and telling your story and sure. dealing with your traumas and, you know, having different, you know, EMDR and things like that to help work through that, you know. And so as much as you can get, I mean, like we like to have, I, I, I believe, like we have all of that kind of stuff inside our TC, and that I am biased about um, because of the population that we work with. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, you go in and you try and, like, something's not working. There will be something that works. Like, you'll, you'll figure it out. You'll find something that works for you and that clicks and the light bulb goes on. You know, because I know people aren't happy when they're out using. You know, no. There's nothing good about that. Even we kid ourselves or... You know, try to make it seem cool, but I mean, at the end of the day, I think each person who's struggling with addiction knows, like, I would rather not be doing this. Right. And I, I think, like, for the future too, like finding those seeds, because I've heard so many times when people go back out there, like, I really miss this, or I really miss right. this, or mm-hmm. oh, I need to be accountable, or you can start looking at others to hold them accountable. Right. Mm-hmm. It brings these pieces inside, and so I think that's the magic of it is. Regardless, like, if you just step in the door, you learn some things, and it can, like, sure. ruin your high, yeah, <laughs> your well, future high. Yeah. Believe it or not, our 30 minutes are up. See, it went quickly. Oh, wow, thank God. See, I told you. Just kidding. Thank God. We're going to sit here and have a after party, after hours. Yeah, but you won't get to see our rated version. Yeah, all right. Well, you, <laughs> you only had, you only had uh, five F words. Oh, it was five? Yeah. That's good. In a normal conversation with Anne, it would probably be a lot more. Won't it gracefully flowed? So you, you, thank you. You you practice very good self control. Thank Thank you. you. I could have done better. (laughs) Anne Coburn was our guest today. Thank you very much. Yes, wonderful. Thanks for having me. Good to see you again. Thank you. And just a quick reminder to subscribe, follow, and write a review. On what you said, even if you want to say that, you know, you, you, you were offended by what Ann said today, we'd love to yeah. hear from you, right? Of course. See? I'm there open to go. feedback. Yeah. And I'm not for everyone, so I know. <laughs> I might rebel some others out there. <laughs> Let us know. So thank you for watching another edition of Odyssey House Journals. <laughs>